Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 9. The chapter is entitled Saul's Conversion. And we know, of course, that this is when Saul is transformed into the man that wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament and becomes Paul. And we know that this is the same man we read about in Acts chapter 7, the young man that was holding the clothes of the men that stoned Stephen. The end of chapter 7, when Stephen says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, and Saul was there giving approval of his death. That's the beginning of chapter 8. So now here in chapter 9, we pick up with Saul's conversion, which is dated sometime around 34 or 35 AD. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, and these words are written in red, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And then the Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Picking up in verse 13, Ananias answers him, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So Ananias and everyone else is very well aware of Saul's treatment of anyone who followed Jesus. I want to read you what Paul himself said about him this way of life that he was living. If we flip to the book of Galatians in chapter 1, picking up in verse 11, Paul explains his transformation. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately to Arabia and later 
return to Damascus. So Paul's talking about his transformation and how intensely he had persecuted the saints. So here Ananias is saying, everyone has heard these reports. But if we pick up in verse 15, the Lord says to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. The next section is entitled Saul in Damascus and Jerusalem. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in the chapter where he is explaining his sufferings. It's called Paul boasts about his sufferings, and he's boasting in the Lord. He says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Eratos had the city of the Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. So back in chapter 9, it says that his followers took him by night, lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. And then when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him in and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in fear of the Lord. Now the chapter ends with two miracles. It is called Aeneas and Dorcas. Picking up in verse 32, As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic, who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up 
and take care of your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up, all of those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who is always doing good and always helping the poor. Her name, both Tabitha and Dorcas, means gazelle, but she is known for her goodness and for helping those who are disadvantaged. So it says, picking up in verse 37, about that time, she became sick and died. Her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. So here we're getting bits and parts of the story of the miracles that happened. But we know, like we read about in the book of John, that it would be impossible to contain all of the miracles that Jesus did and all of the stories and the things that the disciples were able to experience in the name of Jesus. That ends chapter 9. We'll pick up next time in chapter 10.